to the Fan Electric Ghost podcast. Uh, Hello. You're being recorded, so I'll just let you know. Um, okay. And so it's not live, but we are recorded. It will be published after the interview. Okay. Um, so welcome to the show. We've been interviewing um, artists all over the world since 2018. We just That's hit about 29,000 listeners worldwide. Wow. Uh, and uh, we're part of Spotify. Um Anchor FM is a Spotify company, just like you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also are on 11 podcast platforms, including Apple and Radio Public and many, many more. So they'll be published to all those platforms after we talk. Amazing. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, th- we love having artists. We like to talk to singer-songwriters. We like to talk to people who maybe are not like the biggest artists in the world, but are doing yeah. interesting work that we think deserves attention. Oh, so, thank you. I so your name, how you say it, Atia? Atea. And you're mm-hmm. in Nashville or are you, are you in somewhere else? Uh, no, yeah, I'm in Nashville right now. I live in LA, but I'm in Nashville for the holidays. For the holidays, okay. Mm-hmm. Are you a Nashville recording artist or you just, or can it say you relocated in your bio to Nashville um, at age 16 to pursue music? Is that where you primarily work or do you work in Los Angeles? I work in Los Angeles now, but I do come back and forth from L.A. to Nashville um, probably a few times a year. But with the pandemic and everything, it's been a little it's been longer than normal. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, I know Nashville is a big like uh, hub for a lot of musicians and just all the, all the studios and recording artists and session musicians around mm-hmm. you do a lot of good work that maybe even yeah. it's more more advantageous than even being in Los Angeles, though Los Angeles has the same thing, kind of vibe. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely, like, I'm forever grateful for Nashville and getting here at 16, because it definitely helped, like, shape me and prepare me for L.A. <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a New England guy, so I mean, I live in oh, New yeah. Hampshire, but, um, you know, I, I end up playing my brand of music more in New York City, just because you know, where I live is more of a folk yeah. music area mm-hmm. and electronic kind of progressive, you know, new wave is not really the biggest thing going on here. Yeah. So I usually have to go to, you know, clubs in Manhattan and in the Bronx and, you know, different parts of New York to, to get an audience. Yeah. Which is cool. But, but, you know, I still write in my studio in New Hampshire, but yeah, people, you know, they go, they do your music wherever you're going to do it, and then you find your audience. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And each place, I mean, you find a different audience. But, yeah, there's definitely certain niches. So, when you, your bio says you got into music, like, age 16, but I'm going to ask you, you know, what oh. age did you actually get into music? Yeah. Like, so... When did you actually get into thinking that you wanted to do music? Yeah. So, when I, I mean, I came into... <laughs> I came into the world and I was just like, all I want to do is sing. Um, So pretty much since I was born um, and I was lucky enough to have a dad who was a musician. And so I got to kind of learn more from him, like how to write songs and, you know, all of that stuff. So I started writing at a very young age. I mean, I started writing probably at like six. um, And then I wrote like my first like official song um when I was nine and um so yeah he really helped me kind of realize that like yeah this is definitely what I want to do you know and what I came to earth for <laughs> so a very long time but professionally when I was 16. 
That's that's good. So, do, what 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 did your father? Was he a singer songwriter, or did he play an instrument? Yes, uh, he actually um, he was an insane guitar player. Um, he used to play awesome. with uh, John Lennon, and he was an Elephant's Memory. If you know who that is, um, but wow. it's yeah. So he was in that band. Like he lived that whole rock and roll lifestyle. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, to have somebody with that that level. Yeah, uh, that that would really make you. Like on, they they would understand when you want to get into music and not like a parent and say why you want to do that exactly that, that, yeah you would definitely yeah. have more encouragement for somebody that came from that exactly <laughs> yeah and you know and I think he he like you know he showed me what was possible um and man he believed in me like nobody else I mean I always say if it wasn't for my dad like because you know I feel like I'm sure you've experienced this but when you're growing up and you know people kind of steer yeah. you away from that. Yeah, well, you know? art, art is never the thing. That's, well, that's something you do as a hobby. Mm-hmm, right? and, exactly. And if, yeah. and if you don't have an artist, you know, I'm not sure I understand. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no, no, you're good. I know she does that to me all the time. Yeah, I got my Apple Watch, <laughs> and then suddenly she chimed in. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Siri. But mm-hmm. um, um, so so yeah, it's just like I my parents are not musicians, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people. My grandpa was though, so my grandpa he could pick up anything. And so he, he actually, you know, when he saw I could do the same type of thing, he said, he told my parents, he's like, there's nothing wrong with like music. I mean, it's part like the African-American tradition going yeah. to bluesmen and jazz and everything. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a tendency to say, oh, well, that's not going to go anywhere. Yep. And so it's really cool that you have had your father, you know, really understand you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I definitely very, I very much lucked out with that. <laughs> So you've been working on music since you were 16 and, and, and actually being encouraged um, by, by, by a parent. And that's, that's a really good thing. Like, you don't know how many artists I've talked to where their parents didn't encourage them. Oh, I know. And, yeah. and it's, it's, it was always like a fight. You know, yeah. it was always like, they, they're like, you know, the black sheep are like on the outside, uh, you know, within their own families. And then they got to try to find their own community. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, a different take on it than I, most of the people we've talked to have not had that situation. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah. I, I am so grateful. And that's one of the things that I just am continuously always grateful for. Cause I definitely, I don't think I would, you know, be or doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for them, you know? Um, and especially mm-hmm. my mom, I mean, I got an opportunity when I was 16 and I was in a really bad neighborhood and I was going down the wrong path. And, you know, I got an opportunity and my mom was like, okay, we're going to move. Didn't question it. Just was like, we're getting out of here. So, I mean, I have so much to owe to her too, you know? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you realized at age 16, you had a talent. Your father probably saw it in you too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so did you, what did you start? writing you know did you are you primarily a vocalist or do you play an instrument as well do you play guitar do you play piano do you or are you primarily your voice is your instrument I um I kind of dabble a little bit of both like just enough to write a song um but I'm not an expert at piano or guitar <laughs> but just you know enough to get me going so definitely writing and vocal um that's usually what I start with that's what like a lot of people. I, I've always had this kind of conversation with other musicians, and it's like singer songwriters. Sometimes you don't have to be technically technically like the best guitar player Mm-mm. or piano player, but as a singer songwriter, because it's your idea, right? Yeah. Because you're putting that vision, and you're not just singing somebody else's 
like you're you're just not just writing a top line you're writing the whole song yeah sometimes like your ability maybe you're not Hendrix or you're not you know Coltrane or you're not mm-hmm. you know Frank Zappa but, yeah but it's like yeah the fact that it's you mm-hmm. sometimes actually can be worth more than what some people even think yeah you know and a lot of times too I'm not even near an instrument when I get inspired um and it's just the strangest thing. Like I am sure you can relate to, but like, you know, certain times, um, especially when I drive, but that's when I get so much, I'll just have like something downloaded into me and I just have to write it all out and take out a voice and just start writing. writing, Do do you do it like a voice memo when you get that? Mm -hmm. Or do you just try to write it down or you use their phone? I do a voice. I do a voice memo if I'm driving. Um, but if I'm somewhere where I can stop, I'll write it down. Um, but yeah. I try to just let it out as soon as it hits me, even if I'm in the middle of the store, because I know that moment can like slip away. Um, and it's such a precious thing, you know? So, yeah. 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 Your songs, songs are like, I know Prince used to say songs were his children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, you know, he never had children, but he tried, but he like a lot, he did actually treat his music like very close like they were really part of him mm-hmm. that they they really kind of metaphorically were his children yeah. um because he put that much passion into it and you know i think when you're a singer songwriter um how you come about a song what i've learned and i've asked people like what's your process but like as a songwriter myself my process can be like different the song whatever serves the song yeah you know, one day i might be at my moog and it's gonna trigger me writing the song the other day i might be outside you know, mm-hmm. and I just come up with a poem. Yeah, yeah. And so I was wondering, like, do you, are you the type of songwriter that comes from, like, you use dreams or you use poetry or you use your diary or you just kind of you pull out of the ether from your overall experience and you just feel things and then you, whatever that triggers that feeling maybe triggers a song? Yeah, so honestly, it varies. But um, a lot of times, like, I... I will just randomly get hit with um, just a full, like, I can hear it. I can see it. Sometimes I'll have dreams um, about it and it'll wake me up in the middle of that. Like, I've written a lot of songs where in my dream, I can, like, it wakes me up because it's so loud (laughs) in my dream. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I have to get up before and just, like, start writing it down and start, like, doing a voice or whatever I can do um, until I can go back to sleep. So sometimes that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is very inter- interesting. Um, but yeah, so sometimes it's like that, and then other times it's it's just like I get sh- I get striked, or it's like um, I do a lot of um, in a lot of sessions like a week. So um, half the time I'll let myself get hit with one of those inspiration. And I keep them in a folder for sessions or like for you know certain things like that. Yeah, it was interesting. There was um there was this story about Hendrix where his brother was saying that sometimes when he was playing on the Chitlin circuit where he was like backing up little Richard and Isley brothers, mm-hmm. he would go off in the middle of one of their sessions and and, and do something that really didn't fit the song. Mm-hmm. And they'd ask him, What what are you doing? And he said, Well, if if it come you know, if that's something that is in the wind and it, it's out there, I, I don't want to miss it. Yep. So I just can't stop. I, I yeah. have to I have to kind of go with it. Yeah. And then people, you know, it, it that didn't work as a session musician. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of showed he really needed to be his mm-hmm. own. 
person and he, he became his own person but you know like he he just couldn't stop himself yeah. and like if he felt like that inspiration he'd just go with yeah. it even if he was with the Isley brothers or with little Richard and it didn't really fit mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um but it's kind of showed that he was kind of like pulling like the muse you know feeling it and going with it yeah and I think that's I think all like creative people kind of whether you're a painter or an actor or a musician there's a part of that in what you do definitely and I think every individual has their thing you know has their unique formula that is purely them and that gets them going and I think once you find that thing keep doing that thing (laughs) you know um, yeah, you get that. Group. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta hit your, you gotta hit your stride. You know, yeah. as as an artist, you sometimes, you sometimes you get that convergence where suddenly, you you find your Ringo, John Paul and George, and you get you become a Beatles. Yeah. You know? Or yeah. as a solo artist, you hit that song, mm-hmm. that this boom yeah. that launches. Yep. you. Where you find that producer or that other person that you know builds the duo or you know sometimes it's just yourself yeah. you know sometimes like with Prince Prince it was just him pretty much mm-hmm. um but he was able to find people but most of it was him yep. um and and it's it's really you know the confidence as a, as a singer songwriter to kind of know that you're making the right decisions yeah. you got to kind of know what you want to do because it's your vision oh oh and, yeah you yeah. definitely have to yeah. have a clear a clear vision of what you want and who you are you know um, which isn't the easiest thing, you know. Um, no, that's a yeah. hard thing, I think, because in today's world yeah. of Spotify playlists and producers who can come up with ready-made grooves mm-hmm. and clips, you could suddenly get under a producer's wing and you might sound like everybody in their state. Yep. Exactly. And then you're like, okay, is that really what I want to do or do I want to have my own yep. take on it? You know, and it's kind of, there's a lot of pressure, I think, in an industry to kind of do that song that's more you maybe not more not you yep. you know it, it maybe it's a piece of you but it's really more of that other producer yeah um and so there's like so i was asked the question like who are your influences or reference points or do you feel like you you're kind of creating something unique and you don't want to go to i've actually talked to some artists that kind of don't like that question they kind of want to say say that they 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 don't want to be pinned into any kind of one area yeah (laughs) I I agree with that um but I also you know I get so inspired by people's stories I guess um more than well I don't want to say more than their work because that's you know like I get inspired by artists and music all the time you know I hear something like whoa that's so cool or that's such a good line you know um but like just hearing people's resilience, you know, and um, like really staying true to what they wanted and who they were, you know, regardless of what was happening on the outside of their world, you know? Um, So that definitely inspires me. Like, Oh, if you haven't read um, Russ, his book, it's all in your head. It is such a good book. Um, And Mm -hmm. I definitely recommend it. It's, it's an incredible book. Um, but yeah, he really inspires me. Um, yeah. Who, who else would you want to name check as a reference point maybe um, for people? I love think? Alicia Keys. Um, I love Drake. <laughs> uh, I love, oh man, I love so many people. I mean, I genuinely, like, if you look at my, I have the most random 
playlists of mm-hmm. all. Like I literally listen to everything <laughs> except for maybe like Screamo. But um, yeah, I I would say like. Those- well, I think that's a good place to be today. Yeah. I mean, if you if you see what's going on in music today, you know, I'm got kind of a child. I mean, show my age. I'm in my fifties. I'm a child of like the sixties oh, yeah, and seventies. Yeah. So a lot of what a lot of what I do is based on bands like Yes yeah. and yeah. and Genesis. Because I'm a keyboard player, so but I'm kind of an old school mm-hmm. keyboard player. So I, I'm talking about Hammond B threes and yeah. and Prophet fives and Jupiter yeah. eights. So I'm talking about like very experimental you know, like Joy Division or talking about New mm-hmm. Order, Depeche Mode, uh, you know, David Boy and Brian Eno, uh, that, you know, guys like that, you know, got, you know, even Peter yeah. Baker, you know, in oh, the early yeah. Genesis and the really art mm-hmm. rock Genesis. Um, that That's kind of my zone. But I like to mix it with things like maybe like Sun Rock, mm-hmm. which is like a very interesting American jazz band or uh, a little bit of Miles Davis, some funk yeah. Some friends, some Hendrix, and so when I came up with this idea of expansive sound, it's like a merging of anything you that's cool. You know, if you want progressive rock, hip hop, rap, punk rock. You know, I like bands like The Replacements, yeah. The Who's yeah. Could Do, and The Sex Pistols. I think the punk aesthetic, like you get somebody like a Kurt Cobain, you might not be a grunge guy or a grunge woman, but that kind of honesty that Kurt yep. had, you know, it's kind of like a Neil mm-hmm. Young, you know, crazy. Oh one. yeah. You know, that, that kind of authenticity is, I think, is informative. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a musician and you see, like, what Neil d- did with Crazy Horse and what, and what Kurt did with, with Nirvana, mm-hmm. there's always room for that in music, in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> I so agree. And, yeah, and I think and that everything you just said is so true. I mean, we pull from all the things, you know, that inspired us when we were kids you know and all of our influences based off our parents our friends you know our school what we were listening to you know so yeah it definitely and it plays a role with everything and it's it's funny too how you can hear it sometimes where you're just like whoa I have no idea where that came from but (laughs) you know yeah it's kind of like when you're an artist if you're an artist you know you're when you they start you know putting the layers on their painting you know, they might be pulling some Monet. They might be pulling some yeah. Rembrandt. I mean, they might be pulling from what where where what they got taught mm-hmm. as an artist or what they're feeling. And it's gonna, you know, not that they want to copy it, but it's just like a musician. You may you might somehow pull a Coltrane yep. phrase. You know, I might pull a Coltrane phrase or pull a keyboard run from a Miles Davis song without realizing yep. that I did it. You know, not that I wanted to copy it, but this I somehow I, I, I it came into my consciousness yeah. and I did it. And, and it's just like I played, I didn't sample it. And so, yeah, it's, it's like when you're a keyboard player and you, you have all these reference points from what you've learned, you, they tend to phrase this tend to come yeah. out of here and there, you know, when, when you're writing. And that's, I think that's the cool thing about music is you, like sometimes people can surprise, tell you like you didn't even realize that you yeah. did that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like especially in sessions where if you do something, you're like, and somebody's like, wait, isn't that blah, 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 you know, or something you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you didn't yeah. even know because it's kind of just coming Same. subconsciously. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff happening. Yep. Yeah, and that's I think that's really cool because you know in today's world where you can sample explicitly. Yeah. yeah. I understand that, but then when you kind of like, I'm kind of an old school person where you know I play with like people who are actually playing yeah. the instruments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like it's cool when they somebody actually comes in with a sax and they're actually pulling like a phrase from a, like a 52 yeah. jazz record and I yeah. happen to know it. 
And I was like, wow, like, wow, you, you're, you're pulling that. That's cool. We could rework that. We could do that. And that's, I think that's part of like everything we do is like, you have to admit, you know, like if you look at a band like Led Zeppelin, they pulled from all these great classic blues guys like Led Belly and Robert Johnson. And sometimes they didn't name check yeah. it, but, but they used it. And I think it's important to kind of like, if you realize that, that you should kind of give I agree. it to do. I agree. <laughs> I so do. But, um, yeah, so so in your writing style, I guess it is kind of hard to pin down. I always ask people, like, what is your writing style in your genre? Like, what would you say if somebody wanted to pin you down? Like, okay, well, if you're going to market your music, what genre uh, are you in? Is, is that something you would like to answer? Or you say, well, no, I'm not really into a, one I'm definitely not genre. into one genre, but I will say I lean more in pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely more. Yeah, I mean, you have to kind of know where you're exactly, exactly. Um, now, if I'm just writing, man, I can write whatever genre ever. But for me in particular, I usually most like my music is in the pop category. Yeah, because I was listening to a, a track that I found on oh, Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, your mm-hmm. your fine track, and it's interesting because it's got a kind of like a modern take. On, on pop music but it's got guitar it's got yeah. you know, the keyboards it's got this feel i can kind of hear like a vocal um, yeah. treatment by using some vocal you know te- techniques with mm-hmm. modern capabilities so it, it is in that kind of modern yeah. pop but it had, it had a little bit more guitar Ooh, yeah and i pop. love guitar i all of my songs yeah. always have guitar on them for the most part unless it's like a piano ballad or something but yeah i'm a guitar yeah, person yeah this it's good to have a like well to have that type of instrument, to me, the piano and the guitar uh, kind of are great for mm-hmm. singer-songwriters because they can convey yeah. emotion and they can set like a paint. I always like the idea of a, the term mm-hmm. like sound painting. Oh, I love that, yeah. And, and it kind of comes from like two people that I really inspired by, but like Hendrix, when he, they talked about Electric Ladyland and they asked him like, why, why do we hear all these like, you know, like mm-hmm. you hear ocean, you hear birds. And he said, what's well, a sound painting? Mm-hmm. And I always, I read this, this article, like he told the people, ask him, like, yeah, it's a sound painting. And I'm like, wow, that's a really yeah. good way to describe it. Because if you listen to it, yeah. it is. And, <laughs> and then George Martin also talked about it. When he was talking about the Beatles and like uh, Sgt. Pepper, he, he, was, he was talking about how like he had done all these Peter Sellers comedy records that had all this layering. And because the interesting thing about comedy records with Peter Sellers is like, there's a lot of special yeah. effects. There's yeah. a lot of layering. And then the Beatles kind of took the advantage of that George Martin had that capability of doing all that layering that was done for those comedy records and applied it to like Sgt. Pepper, which was actually a new idea to actually apply that technique to the pop genre. Mm -hmm. And it created this whole new kind of album format where you could use the studio as an instrument. Yeah. Oh. And and, it, and it's like a sound painting, and he actually describes it. If I recorded the Beatles like they were in Berlin, they would just sound like a live unit, yeah. which they do yeah. on some of the early records. Mm-hmm. But then when you get the Sgt. Peppers, they actually use the studio and create these kind of sound paintings. Ugh, that's so cool. Um, and that that to me opens up the whole pop era is opened up, and you get bands like Yes and Genesis yeah. and Pink Floyd mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it's so it's, true. And it's such a, and it's so like sound painting, it automatically puts an imagery, like when you're saying that, like I already can like, it's like a painting, like you literally can see it 
Yeah. And it's yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the cool thing about today's DAWs and multi-track record. I, I like to use multi-track hardware recorders, yeah. but the DAW basically does the same thing. Um, but yeah, the fact that when you start to plan out and layer, you can create like a like a audio movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're a really good songwriter, you can paint that picture yep. of that of that mood oh, and make yeah. somebody feel like they're at a brook or they're in an apartment or they're in that scene. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's just, like, that's one of the biggest, like, it's just so beautiful that, like, you can say one word and instantly catch somebody, like, somebody's attention, and it takes them right back to a certain moment or or to a certain feeling or, you know, any, it's just, like, it's... So what are your thoughts on, like, music videos that kind of interpret that for the person? Because I think that was one of the things when MTV happened that some songwriters were like, well, you know, I think it kind of takes away from what I was originally doing. Yeah. Because <laughs> then it's framing that song for everybody and saying, this is what it's about. Yeah. Um, and then if you, then it kind of takes it away from the audience, you know, because it says, well, this is how I, how the director or the artist interpreted this song. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of framed for you. And I understand it's a, a promotional effort and you can be very artistic with it. But but the cool thing about the audio, you know, even sitting and listening to vinyl, was that you can kind of just sit in that room with your vinyl record yeah. and kind of imagine what what it is. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's a beauty in both. Um, you know, I think, you know, even sometimes when you hear a song like "I'm gonna have a completely different interpretation than you are," or maybe we'll have the same, but it will have different, you know, spins on it here and there. But um, yeah, I think it's so hard because, you know, a lot of artists, they have that vision, you know, they have that, um, that story with the song Yeah, and they yeah. want to express that. And, and I think that it's a beautiful thing, but I also think there's a beauty too of being like, well, I want other people to have their story with it, you know, because it is like, it's, you know, coming from your diary, but you're kind of offering it up and being like, well, I want you to be in this experience with me, however form that may take for you, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can get like a rock opera. Exactly. You know, you, yeah. You, you could see like a paranoid Android video from Radiohead, which is a very classic. Yeah. Music, classic yeah. Cause it actually has this kind of weird, you know, kind of rock opera concept thing to it and you and it's so the video you know the cartoon is you can interpret that cartoon and so that's kind of cool because you can look at that and everybody can kind of review that because it's another artist mm-hmm. interpreting the song and the way they interpreted it and even people who watch the cartoon can interpret the cartoon to have different layers of yeah uh, and so that's that's interesting but if you kind of are very explicit in a song yeah. and you have actors kind of trick then you can kind of lock it in mm-hmm. you know and then there's no deviation of what it really yeah. is yeah um i think i've always kind of gone for the more esoteric kind of Andy warhol perspective yeah <laughs> yeah kind of throw throw something very artistic that's kind of out of left field and make it not truly understandable so then that's... it still has room for interpretation that's so interesting <laughs> okay i love that yeah I definitely, now that I'm like really thinking about it, I do love very um, personable like videos. It feels like you're getting a glimpse of their life, but I'm also a storyteller. So I love observing. So that might be 
a reason why I like that so much, but I do know people that hate seeing videos from the artist's point of view, like where it's so direct to where they like yeah, they can't, yeah. you know. Um, well, I mean, sometimes if you're telling a story, you're telling a story. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and there are some, yeah, yeah. So, so some classic videos that actually tell like a exactly. story. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's like a mini movie, you know. Okay, yeah. okay it's going to be a mini movie. Mm-hmm. That's what it mm-hmm. is. Um, and and so you're kind of okay. I'm getting drawn into it, and and and, and that's a cool thing if it's done really well. And, I agree. And yeah. Kind of. Yeah. The other piece, because I'm I'm more into pro, you know progressive rock, so yeah. I'm, I'll go for like the Ziggy Stardust yeah. review and like do something kind of space alien weird yeah. Pink Floyd interpretation. Oh, man, Pink you Floyd, know, yeah, <laughs> definitely will take you on a trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that kind of stuff is kind of cool. It's really to cool. Have yeah, that view. yeah, it, but it's you know you can use the art however you want because there's so many things today you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, on Instagram, a lot of people get brought into an artist because you can do little clips. Yeah. And, you know, some people's clips are, like, themselves, the full band singing. Mm-hmm. And some people's clips are, like, these art kind of rock. Yeah. And and it, you can get the different view of, like, the different artists out there. I think it's been really cool for artists to have, like, a, a, a place like Instagram. Because it seems like musicians are all over Instagram. Yeah. I mean, every person I've ag- actually interviewed, I've gotten from Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's – and that's, like, the one thing that's so cool is that, like – I mean, you can literally see somebody's complete vibe, you know, through their Instagram and like their story and their music and their work. And it's just, that's, what's really cool. Like I find people through Instagram all the time. Yeah. It seems like the artist, musician, I found actors, musicians, painters, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'll interview anybody in the audience. So we don't just interview, you know, musicians. We tend to do that more. But, but, you know, we started to interview actors mm-hmm. because we found, well, actors have the same kind of, kind of yeah, yeah. They, they do the same type mm-hmm. of thing, you know, and then their roles are like, you know, like somebody's album, you know, their a movie yeah. or a TV role is, is just as, as artistic. And it's, you know, getting their interpretation that's pretty, you know, I've always been very impressed. Me too. Um, Me too. With anybody, the creative person, yeah. you know, I love, love getting, getting their input. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you write, um, because of COVID now, are you primarily just using your, your digital audio workstation or are you able to get to a studio and Um, are you doing like homework, home studio? Yeah. So I, I have like select people that I work with in person, um, that are kind of just like my core group. Um, and then most of my sessions are on zoom, which has been an interesting experience. Um, but yeah, so they'll they'll be like through the computer which is <laughs> it's interesting yeah yes it's, the yeah, new, new normal. Yeah. it's weird it takes a while to get used to but after a while it's like like anything you know it's did you previously mostly do like in studio physical studio work yes. before COVID? yeah mainly um, yeah go to the studios or yeah wherever my sessions were um so yeah, so that's been weird because I'm such an in-person person, you know, and I that's how I just get the feel yeah. of the room and the people and like, um, so that's been weird doing that through a screen. Yeah. Um, it's challenged me for sure, but it's cool, you know, to just be like, I mean, the perk of it is you don't have to worry about parking, you know, <laughs> so. 
Well, yeah, I've, I've, I've had some musicians have had a really hard time. I've talked yeah. to like you know rock bands and like fashion like, players, kind of grunge yeah, and I, punk I, rock I, bands, yeah, yeah. I've had trouble with like yeah. drummers being very frustrated because they've not been able to kind of do what no. they were doing pre-COVID. Yeah. Like if if you're yeah. like a full drummer and you're in that mm-hmm. kind of rock unit that that experience in the studio is primarily or in the rehearsal rehearsal space is how the bands yeah. actually compose um and and without and then trying to do it o- over zoom when you're a drummer the lag no oh no yeah <laughs> for, for a lot of, yeah for a lot of drummers yeah. it's like very difficult you know um and sometimes they just have to take the tape and yep. do it in their studio yep. and then send it back you know because it, it doesn't work but um yeah, it's just interesting because, you know, before COVID, I was doing a lot of collaboration with people from other countries and, you know, other parts of the country. You know, in Los Angeles, I was working on an album in 2017 and I'd never met the person. It was She was an actress and we did a whole album in this kind of new normal that people do now. I was doing in 2017 um, just because, you know, I couldn't get there. Um and so I had, I've been doing that for a couple of years. So it's interesting. It's like, wow, everybody's getting into what I have been doing since 2017. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting. People find a way to get into however they're going to record music. Um, but now people are finding that, you know, you can actually do it. You can actually put out work. I mean, a lot of work is actually getting put out. Um, so are you planning on any new projects for what you've been doing? Oh, did I lose you? Are you still there? Oh, you seem to have seem to have lost the signal. I can't hear you. I'm I'm actually gonna send the link again. It, we seem to have lost the connection. This is Fam Electric Ghost, and I think this is a informative message for those of us who are financially challenged and need help making decisions. So, all potential home buyers. Uh, looking for refinance options, need a tool to aid them with navigating the financial wilderness of the mortgage industry. Now, Mortgage Calculator Info gives you a no-pressure, no-sales-pressure opportunity to discover mortgage-related finance topics from the comfort of your laptop or your smartphone. So if you go out to HTTPS, um, colon forward slash forward slash www.mortgagecalculators.info. And we'll, we'll actually have that link available. Um, again, I'll say it HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.mortgagecalculators.info. There are multiple calculators. Uh, there's a monthly payment calculator minimum income requirement calculator, home loan limit, and a DTI to figure out your front end and back end debt to income ratios. That's more complicated once you get into this. Now, even though I own a home, um, if I'm looking into a tool that I use personally, it's the home loan limit calculator that allows me to see what it would take to trade up to a better home. So I think you should check out you know, www.mortgagecalculators.info um, because magazines like Forbes and business channels like CNBC recommend that you take control of your finances. And the first step to get a better understanding of your mortgage knowledge 
with tools um, is, is going to a free site like this uh, to be able to look at it on your own time. And then from there, if you want to go deeper into financial analysis, you could always get an investment advisor. But it's good to kind of get yourself versed on tools like this that don't cost any money, allow you to check out, you know, you know without any pressure. Uh, and do some analysis on your own. So you kind of you're doing your homework before you go and make another decision. So it's the first step in that kind of path. So we encourage all of our PEG fans, uh, you know, musicians and artists and creators, we need to be smart about what we do for financing because we need to fund our projects. So being smart about your your um, your your financial uh, portfolio is a good idea, even though it might not be something that you're primarily interested in. And I think all of our fans could appreciate that as well. So thank you for listening to this little uh, informative statement and enjoy the rest of the program. Can you hear me now? Okay, I can hear you now. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> this technology, you never know. There's so, oh. many, so many people are home that sometimes, and so many people are doing these podcasts that sometimes the bandwidth kind of has a problem. I, I, I haven't had this issue too many times. It's happened maybe once. Yeah. in the last year but you never know um so we can start where we were i think we were just talking about like uh uh you know like recording and and how you record and you were saying you were working at home um and doing zoom calls and things like that yes um so what was uh yeah okay so i have a lot of sessions through zoom now um because of today's world but um yeah i definitely prefer in-person ones um but i think when you find your people too it's you can do sessions from anywhere anything you know so do you end up doing anything like in like pro tools or fl yeah so send them like a top line back to it yeah so i'll like i'll cut like a, a rough vocal um but you know, that's just like for <laughs> a good little demo to set out. But uh, yeah, yeah, so I'll cut like vocals or something like that in my own space mm-hmm. um, and then kind of send them out. And then, you know, they they do their magic on it, you know, just get like a good solid demo, you know, to pitch and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that's your. So are you working on a, a, in this kind of um, Spotify playlist world? Are you primarily focused on creating singles or are you working on a bigger EP or album? Oh, I lost you again. Oh, you lost me again? Oh, I'm so sorry. No, it's like it's like in and out. Like I can hear when you're talking, but it's like a robotic. Oh, are you am I back yet? Yeah, I don't know. Let me see if maybe if I just maybe I Hello? have something open. Hmm. There. Hello. We lost you again. <laughs> All right. Too bad. Oh. Are we back? Okay, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. okay. So I guess I was saying, um, were you work? Are you working on a like a just singles, or are you working on like a full, um, like EP or album? I'm working on, uh, yeah, like multiple, <laughs> multiple, multiple projects. projects. Yeah. Um which have been in the making for a very long time. So I'm excited for 2021. That's (laughs) finally be coming out. Um, But 
yeah, I actually just got the video back today. Um, so that was really cool and exciting. Um, I'm just excited to put stuff out into the world again. You know, it just feels wow. like a... so you've got some stuff coming for the 2021. Yeah, I do a bunch of stuff. Thank God. <laughs> so you like work, Very working, working on um, like like uh, I don't know in the rap world they call them features where you're working with other yeah. Artists. So you I have other singles or you have mm-hmm. to with other artists. Yeah, so I have a lot of singles coming out with other artists, um, and then I have some K-pop stuff coming out too. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. it's really cool. Um, and then um, just my own personal artist project is coming out too. So that's what I'm really excited about. Is that yeah. a full record or is it? Is there um, it's not a full record. I mean, I definitely have enough for multiple records, but um, it's more of just like a um, like singles release leading up to ep yeah yeah that's how i tend to i've been talking to a lot of artists i mean there's some guys who are still doing like full records because they kind of into that vinyl thing and they've got some like an audience that will buy it Mm -hmm. Uh, and then a lot of people are doing if they do a a bigger project it's an ep rather than a full album yeah and i just love to like i love i don't know like i love every song you know being a whole experience in itself you know and um, yeah you can get the audience audience to focus on that one song yeah out in the project they might miss some of them. exactly <laughs> yeah and i just love that like i love having the video for it and the vibe for it and like being able to you know kind of share that part with somebody just through you know one song and my visuals for it and everything um so yeah it's it's really cool and it's fun because you get to get a little like creative with each one you know and like a different aspect of yourself which i really love yeah i mean if you do a single you can do the artwork exactly for it, yeah video yeah. for it if you do an album sometimes you can't don't have the budget or the ability to create separate yeah. artwork for each yeah. song you know so or or even videos for each song and you know, maybe one or two of them get to have a video. exactly yeah um yeah so it gets you yeah in, in this world with people's you know, the way they listen to music, having singles seems to be this is kind of like, it seems to me like we're in an era that's kind of like the 50s. And the singles kind of ruled the 50s. Um, you really didn't have albums. You had albums, but they were really collections of singles. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you don't, when you get to the Beatles, then the album format kind of comes into full fruition and in and, and and vision, you know, of, of how you can use an album. And we've kind of gone away from that a little bit and gone back to like single focus because of playlist and because of the way people listen to music yeah. on these streaming services, um, which is like a double-edged sword because it allows you to get to this really big audience. Yep. Yeah. But then you, you don't get that kind of uh, able the ability to put these um, bigger ideas up yeah. sometimes um, because there's maybe not enough tolerance for that that much content from one particular mm-hmm. person um, well and i think too it's what you know it what it's what makes stuff like that when people do release like a full visual album and like full you know it's just it's so cohesive and like you know you can tell each song is leading to the next part of the story um it makes it so much yeah. more precious and you know and i feel like you appreciate it more because it is it is a rare thing now you know, it is a very like single world and, you know, um, 
TikTok like songs, you know? So yeah, everything, every, yeah. yeah 15 seconds, 30 yeah, exactly. seconds, reels. Yeah. So we're kind of like... in the 15 second, 30 second real world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like, for me, like, you know, I personally, like, how I write, I love putting something into, you know, making a story with the song, but, um, you know, other people around me and other writers I work with, you know, I appreciate their work and their albums and like, you know, their story so much more because it is a rare thing now. And yeah, so I definitely, I, I you know, absorb it more. It's like the other question I always ask is like your collaboration with other artists sounds like you're actually doing a lot of collaboration with your k-pop and the other stuff that you're doing coming out in 2021 um and i always ask people like okay do you cross collaborate into different genres well you definitely with k-pop you are are you crossing into like edm and france and hip-hop and all that yeah i've done a lot definitely hip-hop i've done a lot of um hip-hop sessions um and um, I've done country ones. <laughs> I've I've even done um, like um, like Christian music ones too. Um, I've done yeah, like a little bit of everything. Um, well, I think as an artist, it's good to to kind of be in that session mode. You know, like if you think about like the Funk Brothers and Motown, they were like yeah. they they were they were they were playing like you know on all the yeah. tracks and there's a lot of that in, in in the history of some of the big great record like you know sun records and deca and like they, they had these like house yeah. bands and they were they were playing on like everything and so they, there was some country there's some rock there was some funk there's some soul and all the guys were kind of cross-pollinated playing yeah. on everything um and that's a good way to kind of come up um as a musician because if you've got the skill to play in one genre and then be able to play on another, I think it just adds to your yeah, own capability. And I, I think it's so cool too, because you're talking about actors and stuff. And I just, I think that's also what's so cool with music is that you can, you know, you can hear somebody else express what they're going through that day and you can kind of make it your own, you know, and like express mm-hmm. it. And you can really lean into whatever genre that is. Like if it's a country song, like, Oh cool. I get to like be a country artist <laughs> today, you know, or like, yeah, you get to put a little yeah, Billy Nelson or Johnny Cash. Get to use like a little, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some words that I wouldn't typically use, you know. <laughs> so it's it's really cool. It's really cool that you can just put on a different hat and be like, cool. Like I get to experience this, you know, reality today. So. Yeah, I think that's the great thing about music. And some people, you know, some musicians I've been, you know, they're kind of purist in a particular mm-hmm. genre. You know, I'll run into a punk rocker like they only want to play yeah. like Ramones. Yeah, and I was okay. That's that's somewhat limiting because you can only go so far with that. Um, but but you know, some people want to be a pure. I've been running into blues guys that all they want to do is Delta. Yeah. Blues. Okay. Well, that's there's there's a lot to that, and there's certain types of jazz where it's like, well, there's a lot in that genre you probably never finish. You know, um, advancing. You know what you could do. So. Yeah, it's just kind of where where somebody's heads at. Yeah, exactly, and and it's such like a cool thing. Like I, I will say like it's really, you know, every session is to an extent like a therapy session, you know, and just hearing like somebody else's you know day or what they're going through or whatever, and like finding something tangible for, you know, all of us to create together to kind of 
give that emotion up you know it's it's so cool so yeah yeah i always thought of like my music is like my own like yeah psychotherapy. it is 100 <laughs> percent. because like, a lot of what i go through you know i i put yeah. everything you know into my sessions in yeah. my home studio and you know you can kind of like if you if you kind of put put it that you don't have limits on yourself or where you can go like if you become yes. like free and you know and i think a lot of times like musicians after a while you kind of get in this zone where you feel like you know i have complete artistic freedom i'm gonna go yeah. where i want to go and, and i think when you you hear some of the great artists like coltrane and davis and hendrix yep. that went there you know they, they were able to say i don't care what anybody wants of me i'm kind of gonna go where i feel yeah like and that is when if you feel like really good I think as a musician, when you feel free enough that you can do that and put it down, I think that's, that's really. Yeah, I, (laughs) I, I completely agree. And, you know, it's so true. I I think like what you just said, it's literally the, you know, the magic key is, you know, not putting yourself in a box, you know, and allowing that expression to run through you, whichever way it runs through, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're a great artist, like like Prince, I think the big thing with with him that people maybe didn't realize is like he could have kept on just doing 1999 yeah, over, yeah. over and over again, and he chose chose mm-hmm. not to do that to a lot of fans' yeah. consternation. But he, he chose not to do that, and 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 that actually made him a great artist because he was able to go places. Maybe some fans didn't want to stay with him, but but you know he was able to go to different areas because he didn't let that control you know what yeah. he was going to do. Uh, I think that's that's a hard thing to do because there's a lot of reasons as a musician that once you have a formula, you might stick with because there's a lot of pressure <laughs> in the industry sometimes. To stick yeah, with. <laughs> it, oh, so much pressure, you know, um, which I, which is another thing that I love about today is that like, you know, pe- so many people have proven, you know, the opposite <laughs> of that, you know, being like. You know, no, I want to do yeah. this now. I want to do that now. And it, you know, being. Yeah, not on the label, you know, not being tied yeah, to the label. The freedom. Now we have, are a, lot, a lot of us are, are more yeah. free. It's like if I want to do a collaboration with a hip-hop artist, I don't have to ask, yeah. you know, the head of the label give me permission yeah. to do that. I, I, I can go off and yep. I can do that. And that is something that, you know, if you look back at, in the old history, you know, you know, even a guy like Prince, if he wanted to do something that, you know, those guys didn't want to do or Warner's, yep. they wouldn't let him do it. Like, he wanted to give out a record in yeah. Guitar Magazine, um, like a yep. guitar trio. He just did this thing he did, and then they said no. He wanted to do, like, a full yeah. hip-hop album, yep. and they said no. And, and and that's part of the reason why he did what he did during those times. He changed his name, because he had so many things he wanted to do. He was doing jazz, he was doing hip-hop, he was doing straight rock. And sometimes he'd want to go that way. Yep. And they wouldn't allow him, even though he's big as was, yeah. to do it. Yep. Um, and so that's why he kind of went off. And people said that he went, you know, too far. But, you know, you, you look back at it and there's a lot of things he did that actually, you know, kind of where we are now. You know, sell music on the net, not being on a label. Yeah. Doing, doing it direct to the customer. He kind of was like a pioneer in some of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so cool, like how you can literally go in a closet right now, 
make whatever you're feeling and just put it out tonight. You know, like <laughs> there's just yeah. such a freedom in that. And um, it's so cool. Um, so, yeah. But then the other side of it is like, how do you monetize that? I know. In a world yeah. that sometimes only pays you like 0.004 of a penny yep. for a play. And it's, it's um, super, super saturated too, because you are capable of doing that. So, so how yeah. do you get to the top? You know, how do you get into licensing? How do you get into, you know, sync licensing yeah. and getting your stuff into video games and yeah. movies and, you know, alternative media? You know, I've been able to get into influence yeah. marketing um, in the podcasting. And, you know, my primary love is playing like analog synthesizers. And if you if I wanted to, I'd probably be doing it right now. Um, but, 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 you know, in, in, in the world, like, OK, you have to do some other things. And I became to love doing these podcasts even though I, I, I love being with my modes. Um, but sometimes you, you find another way to do something. And I think in this industry now, you know, you can find all different types of ways of uh, still being a creative person, yeah. you know, still getting your work done. Cause, okay. I'll have to do time in my podcasting, but then that helps my music. Yeah. So then I'll, I'll put the time in to do it. And then I, I get to talk to people like you. I get mm-hmm. to talk to other musicians, which is, you know, yeah. a benefit <laughs> i think as a musician the more musicians you talk to it's oh it's amazing <laughs> and 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 it's so it's such a gift too to be able to connect with people that you haven't met you know through the internet and through this you know weird thing of you know you can just upload something and boom you know um but i think the number one thing too of like what you're talking about is just like the consistency with it you know I'm such a believer that like, you know, if you're staying true to you, you're listening to what your instincts are telling you and you keep going, keep going, keep going, you know, there's no, there's no stopping you. And there's, oh, everybody has their journey. Um, but it really is just consistency and resilience. You know? Yeah. Cause the ones you, you, you could be doing something, but if you do it long enough, suddenly you create exactly. an audience, like yeah. REM. You know, people said, what is that? They couldn't hear Michael Stipe. They said, how can you have a, a lead singer that you yeah. can't hear what he's saying, right? And and then it became like, well, that style of music was like the college radio mm-hmm. alternative music. They created yep. a whole genre. And then people came to them. You know, they didn't have to fit in. They created like a whole like yep. genre um, of that type of music where it was challenging and it was different and you couldn't say it. It sounded mm-hmm. like anything else. You know, any bands that before them, like Big Star, like Alex yeah. Jones, Big Star, or Lou, Lou Reed's Velvet Underground, you know, they finally found, you know, almost every band in the 80s, mm-hmm. name check them. You know, they, 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 they weren't big in their time, but they ended up inspiring other musicians. So sometimes if you, if you believe yeah, in yourself, even if you yeah. don't have, yeah, you don't, even if you don't happen mm-hmm. in your time, you still have an impact exactly. on the industry. And, and I think too, it's like, you know, it's, again, it's not, you know, putting the pressure of the outside world. It's like, you're doing this because this is your, this is literally your, you know, this is how you breathe, you know, and you're not doing it for an external validation. Um, And, and I, and obviously that's a, that's a hard thing, you know, because, you know, you want to please and you want to, you know, be. Yeah. Yeah. The thing about music is like, most musicians, they do it because yep. they love to do it. 
is like if they thought they were going to be Elvis Presley, they wouldn't, you know, keep on doing it because not everybody. Yeah, be Elvis, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know not everybody's no. going to be Hendrix or not everybody's going to be Jimmy Page, you know, or Carol King or yeah. Karen Carpenter. You know, it's not yeah. doesn't happen. But if you believe in yourself, you can get a hundred percent. You know, you you can build an audience. You can build yeah. people. You know, over time, I. I built this audience, you know, that follows yeah. Phantom Electric Ghost, and and it's, it might it might not be the biggest audience, yeah. but I do have one, and um, it, that's I think that's what people have to, to totally. understand. Like, don't try to be Jimmy Page or no. Robert Plant, and you know, and like another thing too <laughs> is that you know globally, yeah, you may not be, you know, Led Zeppelin or anything, but to that individual that you're impacting, like to them, you are, you know. And yeah. yeah, your fan like thinks that your 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 fan base. You know, every every great you know band that I loved you know growing up from like the like you know the replacements and Hushkadoos and you know Black Flags, you know a mm-hmm. lot of sub pop stuff. Um, they weren't super big until Nirvana yeah. really blew up. You know, and 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 it was kind of like this niche, and then suddenly oh well we don't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but it's like it's like this is kind of thing. It's like okay, like like are you like when you do get successful yeah, do you hate yeah. it <laughs> you know because it's kind of like the thing is like a lot of us want to get there and then sometimes if we get there yeah. then we don't like it <laughs> it's kind of we like the journey getting there but then once they get there then it's like well maybe yeah <laughs> but but it's, it's, you hear so many stories about people who who had all that passion and when they got yeah. there it wasn't what they thought you know was. and i and i think too a little bit of that can be you know because that's something you know similar to what happened to my dad but it's you know you can lose yourself along the way and you do get caught up in that of what um of that ego game you know and what other people are telling you to be and do and say and you know all that stuff and so you kind of lose you know, that voice that is giving you that inspiration and reminding you why you love it and why you're doing this. And, you know, and I think that's where it can get a lot of very rocky. Yeah. Well, it's, when it becomes, yeah, when it becomes, it's not fun. Exactly. For when Hendrix was near the end of his time, suddenly, you know, he was kind of nonstop touring. He wasn't able to record what he wanted to do. He kept on having to fulfill yeah. his contracts. And, and then yeah. like, it wasn't fun. You know, as soon as you even Led Zeppelin when they were near the end, it's like it wasn't exactly. fun for John Bonham anymore. He yeah. wasn't happy. You know, while what happened with him is he didn't want yeah. to tour that year, and he didn't know how to tell the band he didn't want to do it. Um, and there's a lot of examples of people kind of get stuck on that train because then they just it yeah. becomes a job. It's not the passion. You, know, you got to keep it from becoming. I think Neil Young t- tried to reach Kurt Cobain and told him like, hey. If you're not yep. feeling good, just stop. You know, he just told him like, "Stop! Don't don't do it. Don't tour. Yep. If you don't want to tour, don't tour. Tell him you're not yep. doing it and take a break." Um, and you just ha- sometimes it's hard to do that. It's yeah. hard to oh, tell it's so that, hard. You know, and I think it's one of the most important things to learn how to do. Um, but it's incredibly hard because I do feel like, especially in the beginning stage, you know, you do you you say yes and yes and yes, you know, because you this is like what you want this is your everything yes it's on the path on the path up it's hard to say no when when you're trying to get there it's like every step of the stairs you can't say i'm not going to take that next step because you gotta get to the top of the stairs you know 
you can't just stop in the midstream. It's like, well, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> and I think every opportunity is an opportunity for you to decide which direction is you want to take, you know, and I feel like the more clear you are on that, the more enjoyable the ride's going to be, you know, and it's. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah. I think you have to be like comfortable yeah, in yourself. Very much. Like a lot of times the biggest problems I've read about is people who are kind of had insecurities that weren't yeah. resolved. Yep. You know, so if you had things that weren't resolved and the thing no it just enhances it it. yeah it just enhances it it causes it to be worse so if you don't handle those things it's not oh yeah well it's just it's like with everything you know it's like in a relationship you know if you're dating somebody and it's you know it's horrible it ends horrible and then you just jump into another relationship usually it's you know a same cycle of that last relationship you just had you know and it's a continuous continuous thing um so it's just like yeah because sometimes like the looking glass yeah exactly (laughs) exactly you know most times it is you know yeah it's like it's like it's not gonna change you go to the next city it's you're you're still that person looking looking glass. they didn't change because you're in chicago versus you're in los angeles exactly that person's still there yeah exactly (laughs) like you still follow you sadly you know like yeah yeah, you can't run away from that and you know you can move to alaska but you know all those same issues (laughs) are just gonna be right there yeah they're gonna keep on popping up yeah i think it's like that a lot of best the musicians who've been able to kind of survive it uh, are the ones that came to terms with their kind of own mm-hmm. issues, you know, like their inner demons, yep. figuring it out, you know, cause, cause a lot of the thing, I think part of the creative process is as artists, yeah. you use, yeah. you, you, you mm-hmm. use that pain and as a creative person, you're able to express it in a way that a person that's not a creative, yeah. person, you know, and so mm-hmm. that's your kind of talent is that you can take that pain where you can take that joy, you can take yeah. that feeling and translate it so other yeah. people feel it and, and and i think yeah that's your ability but you have to be careful how 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 bare that i is agree <laughs> and i think too it's like at a certain point you know i feel like as artists and anybody creative like you you feel so deeply you know and that's a scary thing um and so a lot of times you know people can lean to wanting to turn it off or shut it down or you know and and do things to kind of numb it and which just creates a bigger problem, you know, in the end. Um, So I think one of the biggest things that like, you know, just to remind every creative is that like, it's a gift that we can feel as intensely as we feel because a lot of people can't, you know, and we're able to like use that and put it into something that can help them feel, you know, and it, it yeah. helps take the pressure off a little bit, you know? Um, so. Yeah. I think you just have to realize that that's kind of that exactly, you're calling yeah. and you've got it. And, you know, that's why you're here and, and, and you embrace it and you, you go with it and you learn how to do things in a more yeah. healthy way for you. And now in this day and age, people know, you know, better about like what's happened in the past and, and things that you can do to avoid yes. doing the mm-hmm. same story over. Yeah, again. people are a lot more aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, hmm. Oh, um, so, so yeah, so, so yeah. we can see it. So I just I think it's always good for the younger people. You know, I'm in my in my fifties yeah. as I said. I, I you know and you know, being able to kind of teach that lesson that 
you know, sometimes fame doesn't no, happen over. No, it usually doesn't. You know, sometimes, no, if you, if you go, like, look at guys like Bo Diddley and, mm-hmm. and all the great, like, Chicago blues guys, a lot of them, they were in their 40s mm-hmm. when they became famous. You know, they, they kept on pushing it because yep. they just loved it. You know, blues guys and jazz guys, they, they keep on playing to, yep. the, to the end. And, and it, it's not a, a young person's game for them. It's like, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, when you're in music, you, you, you don't have to have a prime age. You can keep oh my on gosh, growing. Yes. You know, you can yeah. keep on Right. And and that's the thing too. Like when you know that it's literally like your life force, you know, there's nothing that can take that from you. You know, that's your joy right there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can keep on going until you don't have anything. Exactly. Yeah. And and quite literally, yeah. (laughs) So so like in terms of the state of the music industry today, do you have any thoughts for like your own opinions about how how things are going right now. I know with a lot of yeah. bands are hurting because they can't play live venues and that's really Make how money. a lot yeah. of us get paid. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, pre COVID, um, I thought, you know, it is such a cool time for music because, you know, you literally can be whatever you want, make whatever you want. You don't have to put yourself in a box. You want to release it. You can release it, you know, you don't need a publisher or anybody to kind of, you know, intro you to people that you want to collab with. Um, And that's like the really cool thing. Um, But with COVID, yeah, with um, session players or people um, that had all their tours planned this year, you know, um, like music events, like everything, you know, that's such a heartbreaking yeah, yeah. the support staff that, that normally, you know, Poor managers. set up those festivals yeah. to do the lights. Yeah, yeah we had to do all that. Yeah, you know, lighting, all the roadies, everything. All the, mm-hmm. all the yeah. people, the sound guys, you know, they didn't they have been and able to do it. And, like that. Yeah. And, yeah. And the venues, some of them, the smaller venues, you know, they might not be able to survive it if they can't get help, you know. Um, if they oh, can't yeah, get help to were, keep the doors open, then we yeah there were very like historic like main places in LA that were almost going to be shut down if like people didn't pitch in and like help fund it you know um yeah well hopefully we can get more help I hope so yeah with some some telethons or some kind of funding because there's a lot of venues I've been seeing more and more about tons of venues that need uh, yeah. Immediate yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, and I've had friends too. You know that I've had a lot of like mental, um, you know, yeah, because it's yeah, just it's like, hard. you know, that's their living. You know, um, well, I don't think a lot of musicians are not used to just staying in. No, the house, you know, no. <laughs> we're kind of creatures yeah, and already road, highly you know, emotional and, people. You know, we're in, in, <laughs> like, you know, they're, they're used yeah. to being in that band and maybe that's what being I mean, distracted. Yeah. By the, yeah, and then maybe having too much time is yeah, not a good thing for yeah. some people, you know. Uh, you know, if you're a type of, you know, if you're a writer and you're, you got your stack of motion, exactly. you can get lost yeah. in all your, like, all, I can get lost yeah. in all my electronic yeah. stuff with all yeah. my, you know, synths. And that mm-hmm. gives me more time to do that. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem. But I know guys are like, I got to be on stage. Yeah. I need that yeah. crap. I do too. You know? Yeah. And, and, 
you know, and that's that's hurting their 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 kind of psyche. They can't handle it, you know. Um, so hopefully we get this vaccine and we get back on the road in 2021, and a lot of us get back out there. I mean, I, I actually finally got a booking agent oh, from overseas right when they told me told, told me I can't go overseas. <laughs> so it's like, oh, if I want to go to yeah. London, I want to go to London, and then I finally got the the guy that can do it. Cause that's really what the kind of music I do, you know. I I have a better shot of, of playing at a club in Seoul, yeah, or in Shibuya, in Tokyo. Cause people kind of get yeah. me in those kind of places more. Um, and then I had somebody that was going to get me there, and then yeah, boom, I can't get there. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of kind of, but you know, like I said, I don't mind sitting in my studio and just crafting more stuff, but um. I do want to get oh, on the yeah, road again definitely. like anybody else. Yeah, but, um, I'm such a travel person. <laughs> like, I hate being in one place for too long. I'm such, like, I need to be on the road and traveling. So, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm ready for that to um, open again. <laughs> right. It sounds like you're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming yeah. in 2021. So we always ask all of our guests, we've had people come on three, four times. So when you have like a big announcement mm-hmm. on one of your projects, feel free to come on the show oh, and kind that. of do like a launch party. Yeah, oh. we'd love to do that for you. Um, we like to, we've done that for a bunch of bands in the last few years. Um, so like if you've got something, to, you know, let us know okay. what the best yeah, time for I that would is. Love that. We, really? could, we could do that. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be cool. So we, we, we'd love to do that. We love hearing from yeah. new artists all the time. So if you've got artists in your yeah in your orbit that you think we would would like to be on the show and have their story told, let will. us know and we'll I will. Too. Thank you so much. This has been such a good conversation and I'm so happy that you found me and that we were able to talk and yeah, and I look forward to talking even more. <laughs> Well, we're going to put this together. Like we said, we, one cool thing is we've got an integration on Instagram with the Spotify version of the podcast. So once we publish it, the highlight will go mm-hmm. to the Spotify version. There's 11 different podcast platforms, but the one on Instagram that works well is the Spotify version of the show. And so we will put a, a link to that in our story Amazing. and it will go right to it once they publish oh, wow. it in the okay, next cool. hour or two. Sweet. I'm excited. We'll send you we'll send you that link when it's ready. Uh, we'll just we'll send you a link to like the Apple version, the Spotify version, okay. and the Anchor version. Uh, as soon as they get ready, we we actually are gonna these aren't done live, so I'm gonna be putting together the segments and and kind of yeah fixing them yeah and, and <laughs> like the <laughs> stringing them back together. Yeah, so when it we, becomes like, oh, when oh, we lost like, connection uh, the first two times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we'll get all sorted out and uh, we'll, we'll, we look forward to talking to you in 2021 and you have a safe 2020. Yes, you you too. And I'll definitely keep you updated. Okay. Thank Thank you very much for being on the show. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye.